Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 176. We're going to talk in what I call phase two of my uh, rookie draft rankings preparation. Uh, We just had the NFL Combine. It was super fun to watch and watched all the tape over this last weekend. And so I'm going to talk about 10 players that I had moving up my rookie draft board as a result of the Combine. Uh, Like I talked about last week on the podcast, the NFL Combine does mark the first step in what I call phase two of my rookie rankings process. And so this weekend, I watched all the coverage and all the drills for the past weekend, and I adjusted my rankings just a bit. Again, I don't make huge adjustments based on this, but uh, definitely make some, uh, not just on this, but other things that you hear during this time because of the combine. There's lots of rumors that go around, and the people that are reporting on the combine are looking at the raw data from the players, but they're also reporting on stories and rumors and things that they've heard on the value of each player's. So I definitely care far more about college production than athletic testing, Um, but these players that I'm going to mention here, their profiles are strong enough to move up my rankings, especially some of the players' uh, combine performance uh, caused me to move them up, especially when some of them actually caused me to move them down. So in some cases, these guys moved up based on their performance, but it's also coupled with some people moving down a little bit. But today, I'm just going to talk about those that moved up. I've got 10 here that moved up in my rankings post-combine, so let's talk about them. First would be Kenneth Walker. He moved up from number 13 in my rookie rankings all the way up to number 4 in my rookie rankings. Really, over the last few months, I've had a real hard time deciding which running back in this class to rank second behind Brees Hall. Um, Walker's excellent uh, combine firmed up my decision for me. Uh, He moved up to become my second-ranked running back in this class. And I moved him up to number four overall in the class. Um, I was very stunned to see him run a 4-3-8 in the 40-yard dash, especially his size. Um, he surprised also, you know, surpassed the, the uh, 10-foot threshold for broad jump. He did do 10-foot, 2 inches. Um, I was disappointed that all the running backs, I'll mention this several times in this, all the running backs skipped the three-cone drills. So that was pretty dang disappointing. Hopefully we'll get some of that during the pro days. Um but what I liked most about uh, watching Walker, uh, though, was how well he performed in passing drills. Uh, his biggest knock as a prospect was his lack of involvement as a patch catcher because he only had 19 pass you know, catches in his first three years of college, 19 total. Um, it's really not fair to compare Walker to Jonathan Taylor, so don't hear me saying that. Taylor's much better than Walker. But uh, in Taylor's class, you know, when he was coming out, that's the thing I'm going to watch most closely during the combine because he didn't catch a lot of balls either, but I wanted to see, does he really have the ability? Can he do it? Does he look good in the passing drills? And Walker did the same thing this last year. And so like Taylor in the 2020 combine, Walker performed great in his passing drills since that really helped me move him up in my rankings. Uh, he's the definitive RB2 in this class for me, uh, let alone the fact that he just looked rocked up. Like his body was very different looking than the rest of the guys that were out there. Next guy that moved up was Chris Olave. He moved up from to uh, from number ten to number five, so he was already a first round draft pick in my eyes, and you know the eyes of every dynasty analyst. I'm not alone in saying this. The combine performance 
just made me move him up further in my rankings. Um, plus the fact that incredible mock drafts that I've been watching constantly predict that he's going to get drafted in the first round. Uh, Alave only did a few of the drills uh, that were measured at least. He was uh, 4.39 in the 40-yard dash. So that was his best drill by far. Um, he had an acceptable broad jump at 10 feet 4 inches and a very below average vertical jump. But as I said last, last week, I care you know less about the vertical jump when it comes to smaller receivers like him. I care more about the vertical jump with bigger receivers, which I'll talk about here in a bit. Alave's only six foot tall, 187 pounds. I think he's going to win in the NFL with quickness, good hands, and just savvy in route running. I hope he runs the three-cone drill, drill you know, at his pro day to kind of complete his profile. But that said, his quickness is evident enough on tape that the testing won't really matter that much. What I like watching most, though, during the combine was his route running during the passing drills and his hands and his speed in the gauntlet drills. Uh, he looked more polished than the other prospects when watching them side by side like you get to do during the combine. And he's now my third ranked wide receiver in the class, only behind Traylon Burks and his college teammate, uh, Garrett Wilson. Next guy that moved up after the combine would be Christian Watson. Moved him up from number 20 to number 11. So a pretty big jump there from second round to first round. Watson only did three of the measure, you know, the, the measurable drills, uh, but well, he was outstanding in all of them. He ran a 4-3-6 40-yard dash, which was sixth in his class. He jumped 11-4 in the broad jump. That was first in his class. And he jumped 38.5 in his vertical jump, which again was sixth in his class. The biggest question about Watson, you know, from, you know, at prospects, you know, was just thinking about him coming from a smaller school at North Dakota State. And it was like, how would he compare with the highly recruited players from the power programs? Well, athletically, he answered that question completely at the combine. Not only that, he looked great in all the passing drills and the gauntlet, which I love to watch. I think his combine performance is really going to make him a second or the very latest third round draft pick in the NFL. And I think that I have Watson ranked, I do think that I have Watson ranked much higher than other analysts and managers. I'm pretty sure that I will. So I should have a lot of Watson this year on my teams if that's the case. I think the only thing that could hinder him from getting drafted, you know, by a team, uh, you know, getting drafted higher in my drafts would be if he was drafted by a team that had kind of two star wide receivers. He needs, he just needs a little opportunity with where he gets drafted. So we'll wait to see what the draft capital holds for him. But man, he's he's special talent. I already had him on my list of players that I ranked higher than all the other analysts so far, and this did nothing but uh, improve it. In fact, probably others now, people will start to catch up to what I thought about him uh, before the combine. Next player that moved up was Greg Dulcich. Moved him up from number 27 to number 21 as the second best tight end. Dolchich was already my second-ranked tight end in this class, but he moved himself up in my rankings after clearly looking like the best, you know, the next best tight end on the field at the combine. Um, he's 243 pounds, and even that fat, even that big, he ran the fifth fastest 40-yard dash, 4.69. Uh, he tied for the fifth highest vertical at 34 inches. Finished with the second highest broad jump. This is all among tight ends. Second highest broad jump, 10.2. Um, and he was fourth in the three-cone drill, which is really surprising. It's 7.05. Uh, more importantly, he just really looked apart. I mean, during all the passing drills, everyone was watching him. He drew the attention of Daniel Jeremiah, if you were listening. And all the talking heads that cover this, you know, as a TV event, they are covering it and stating what they believe. Uh, but they also speak not just from what they see. They they speak from what they hear. They, they hear things and know things. And so when they're talking him up as the clear number two tight end in this class... 
I think that they know something that they've heard from the NFL teams. Uh, they consider Dolchitz the second best tight end in the class, and I think NFL teams do too because of that. Uh, I was the only dynasty analyst, that, dynasty analyst that I know, that had Dolchitz ranked as a second tight end in this class behind Trey McBride. But now many others are going to follow suit. It's always nice when you're, uh, you know, the combine and those covering the combine uh, confirm an opinion that I already shared, which is the case with Dolchitz. Uh, but even so, I moved him up just a bit from 27 to 21. Next player I moved up was James Cook. I moved him up from number 29 to number 22. So like I said, I already had Cook ranked in the third tier of running backs in this class. Uh, I think higher than many of the other analysts had had him ranked. Uh, but his combine performance, along with several nuggets again dropped by Daniel Jeremiah throughout the broadcast, caused me to move Cook up a bit more in my rankings. Uh, he was among the top, you know, in his class in the 40-yard dash at a 4.42, uh, and in the broad jump with 10.4, uh, two measurements that I value most for the running backs are those two. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll do a three-cone drill at his pro day because that's the thing that I care most about. But I just think, too, watching, just watching the coverage, his on-field drills and the passing drills uh, really made him stand out in my eyes. Everything he did in those drills looked really smooth and effortless. Uh, effortless. <laughs> um, he's one of those prospects that I also always put a little asterisk by because during his recruiting process, he was very highly ranked with a 9, uh, 0.9786 ranking by 24 sports. So he was almost a five-star recruit and really just injuries and the fact that he had to share the backfield with the running back and Zamir White, who was ranked even higher than him as a recruit, just resulted in a lot of lack of produ production at Georgia. Uh, however, when I watched the highlights um, before the combine of Cook and White, I just really like Cook's film a lot more than White's. I think that he has a better chance to become a rotational back in the NFL, and now I'm willing to draft him you know, in the second round of rookie drafts instead of the third. Um, his landing spot will make a difference because I see him kind of as a rotational back, but he could be really good. Uh, in that rotation, or maybe even outproduce that. Next player I moved up was uh, Calvin Austin the third. Moved him up from 33 to 24, so from the third round to the very back of the second round. Austin, honestly, he's really the kind of prospect that I usually fade in rookie rankings. He's just too small. He had 5'8 and 170 pounds, plus he went to school, Memphis. That's I really just believe that their system inflates the stats of some of their players, and they really, over the years, have just rarely become fantasy-relevant players even though they have great you know, production in their college careers. Uh, that said, uh, Austin's you know, combine scores were off the charts, meaning some NFL teams are going to take a chance on him because of it, and then maybe dynasty managers are going to do the same. Um, I'll likely have Austin ranked further back than most dynasty analysts, even so, uh, but I did have to move him up you know, from a third-round pick in the, to the last player that I would draft in the second round. His uh, 4.32 40-yard dash and his 6.65 three-cone drill they just demanded it. Like, you have to move someone up when they do that, let alone his 11.3 broad jump, which was second in his class, his 39-inch um, vertical jump, which was third in his class. Um, because of those numbers, I'd be willing to take a chance on a you know, smaller player with his athleticism, even though I usually shy away from players like him. Next player that moved up in my rankings was uh, Khalil Shakir. I moved him up from number 35 to number 27 in my rankings. Uh, one thing that happened to Shakur weighed in bigger than um, I thought that he looked on film. Uh, so that was the first thing that caught my attention. Seeing him run side by side with other receivers in the class also kind of confirmed it. He measured in at six foot, 196 pounds. Uh, he was, you know, average among the class in all the measurable drills. But I just liked the way that he looked and the immeasurable drills with his route running and his pass catching. 
Uh, the crew covering the combine, you know, on TV also said a lot of good things about him too. Uh, that was enough for me to move him up within, you know, kind of within the third round where I already had him, but move him up several spots. Several players also moved down in my rankings to contribute to his rise. Uh, but now that I've seen him side by side with other prospects, I've decided that I'd prefer to take a shot on him and his upside more than some of the third round prospects that I had ranked ahead of him uh, before the combine. Next player that moved up, and this is the guy that moved up the most in my rankings after the combine, is Pierre Strong. I moved him up from number 51 to number 33. So Strong is a player that I wanted to see stacked up against the you know bigger program prospects. Strong's 1,823 total yards and 18 touchdowns for South Dakota State are very impressive that he had completed last year. No matter what the competition was, to do that in one year is incredible. But I really wanted to see what he looked like, you know, uh, besides some of the less productive players, but the more highly recruited players. Um, and he passed the eye test and, you know, in the immeasurable drills, and he finished tied for first in the class with a 4.37 40-yard dash, and that when he had a 5'11", 207-pound guy. Uh, he tied for sixth in the class with a 10.4 broad jump. I just think his combine performance, coupled with that productivity of his last season, uh, caused me to move him up 18 spots in my rankings. He's the player that I moved up the most, um, and he's a player that I really would like to draft, um, you know, uh, you know, draft in the third round, just barely, you know, take a chance on him at pick number uh, 33. Uh, he could be a career backup. That's definitely in the cards for him, but I think he's also the best guy to, I would compare to be the, you know, kind of guy that would do what Elijah Moore did in this last year's draft class. So he could be the Elijah Moore of this year and, um, I hated that I missed out on Mitchell. I mean, I said Elijah Moore. I meant Elijah Mitchell. Sorry. The running back for the San Francisco 49ers, Elijah Mitchell. He could be that player um, in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Next year, our next player, rather, is uh, Kevin Austin. I moved him up from number 45 to number 37. Um, I didn't have Austin ranked very high in this class because he only had one modestly productive season at Notre Dame, and he relied on a lot of big plays to do it, which I usually don't like to rely on that. But he's still, you know, a player that I'm not, like, not likely to draft because of that. But his outstanding combine, you know, demanded that I move him up, you know, from a fourth-round pick in my rookie rankings uh, into uh, just, you know, move him up to the very top of the fourth round rather than being in the back of the fourth round. Um, he had a 4.43 40-yard dash. Um, he was tied for third with the vertical jump at 39 inches, fifth with the broad jump at 11 feet exactly. And he was second in the three-cone. This is the most impressive at 6.71 in the three-cone. Uh, I just could not help compare him to, to, to Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, uh, who had a very similar last season in college, but had an excellent combine before his great rookie year with the Steelers. And it just that kind of just stuck in my mind. Where I was like, darn it, is this the next Claypool? Even though he's a very different size-wise. I made the mistake of ranking Claypool too low, um, you know, really not valuing his athletic um, ability compared to his production. Um, still sticking by my stance that production is more important, but every now and then I miss on players like Claypool uh, because of that. So because of that, I moved Austin up, you know, eight spots from 45 back of the fourth round to 37 front of the fourth round. The last player that moved up in my rankings was Alec Pierce uh, from number 50 uh, to number 39. I think Pierce's excellent combine was one of the biggest surprises to me overall. Uh, Pierce seemed like a player at Cincinnati that just won with his size and vertical routes and contested catches. So I felt, felt like that was kind of all that he did. Uh, his 6'3", 211-pound frame um, led to his on-field success, uh, not necessarily his athleticism. So I thought. But he proved to be quite the athlete, however, at the Combine. 
Uh, with bigger receivers, like I said, I really value the vertical jump. It means more to me. And he finished first in the class with a 40.5 vertical jump. And then his three-cone drill was very impressive, with a man, especially for a man his size, with 7.13. Uh, that was sixth in the class. And then his 4.41 speed also surprised me. Uh, he has the size and athleticism to play in the NFL and increased his draft capital quite a bit, I think, by performing so well in this combine. I think that he'll still be a day three NFL draft pick, uh, but if he's drafted to a team with an opening you know, at the wide receiver spot or if somehow he is drafted the back of round three on day two, um, I think that he's really going to be able to carve out a role with his team. So I'd be willing to draft him in the fourth round of a rookie draft right now instead of the fifth where I had him before, uh, before the combine. Well, that's it. Those are my 10 players who moved up in my rankings post-combine. Uh, now I'm going to do the rest of my work in the combine. If you listened to the podcast last week, I talked about my, this next phase. It's really now when I read and I listen to a ton of the work from the scouts as we get ready for the draft, and that's how my rankings will change post-combine. Phase two, phase three is still, you know, six weeks away or so when we got our NFL draft is coming around the corner. Uh, next week we're going to be talking free agency because free agency opens up next week, and I'll be listing some of my players that I'm most excited about and once they get selected or rather signed by new teams and free agency the next few weeks we'll just be talking a lot about what we think about those free agency landing spots all right that's a wrap this week my freaky friends thanks so much for listening make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com that's dynastyfreaks with two e's and much better on email than twitter so contact me anytime dynastyfreaks at gmail.com as always i'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and apple podcast that would mean a lot to me Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.